Hello and welcome to Let the Good Dice Roll, our exalted retrospective podcast on a two and a half year long campaign that I cannot post up for legal reasons. Uh, my name is Brendan, and as always, I am joined by a slightly sick Christina. Uh, so we're actually recording this um, in advance of our usual schedule because technically, on our usual recording day for this week, I'm going to be somewhere in the ocean getting drunk out of my fucking mind. Yep. So yeah. unfortunately, you have to deal with a sick me. So, yeah, so unfortunately, this is still the same night as before. Yep. The same night, part two. But I've had more tea, more cough drops, and I have not actually not had my medicine for tonight. But we'll uh, get that for you once we're done recording. Yeah. So, um, anything you want to say uh three before I start? Um so, thank you to everyone who's been liking, sharing, subscribing. If anyone left us a review while I was out of the country and unable to check my internet, you're the best. Seriously, you're the best. Um, Thanks. Anything else? Anything else? Um, I think that the next episode that goes up is the... Because the last episode of the actual podcast that went up should be the... Finale to Werewolf, the karaoke finale. Oh, gosh. Yeah, right? You get to listen to Brendan sing. You, yeah, oh, boy. I hope you all enjoyed that. Uh, so the episode that should be coming up uh, this week instead of Mage, uh, so then I'm not super stressed before I go on a vacation, is actually going to be in, uh, an episode that me and Julia recorded uh, called Werewolf Behind the Scenes. That's going to basically be kind of a look back on her... Uh, her time GMing and what that we can all look forward to when that werewolf does come back because spoilers, it is coming back at some point. <laughs> so with that out of the way, let's get back into this exalted shenanigans. All right, we can do that. What also, so weird thing about this is there is a month time skip in between this session and the next session where Devin and I end up going to Gen Con for the year. Which means that I have to, from memory, try and remember an entire session that we did. Yeah, because uh, there was only three players for that. But he, everybody still wanted to run, and Devin and I were like, yeah, that's cool, we're going to Gen Con, sorry but guys, But we bye. couldn't really continue the the plot that involves Storm in it without Storm in it. Yeah, that makes sense. But we'll get to that when we get to that. That'll be tonight. So, first session for tonight. Sunday. I can't do math right now. August 6th. Oh, can't do... How many months is it? I was like, what's eight? I can't remember right now. Man. Which month is eight? Yeah, on my brain. August 6th, 2017. Day four. All right. Because we broke up the days by sessions. Oh, God. Yeah. Because we went through the first three days last session, so we're on day four. In Mount uh, Menegalapa. Oh, did you guys? Why did you guys split it up by days? Did you guys? Did the queen give you like a week to give you an answer? Is that why they did this? I don't remember. I feel like that there's a like you have never split up stuff like this. So I either feel like this was like a big like plot thing for me where there was like a timer or like I don't remember this I don't shit. Know. I just have days written down that we were in Mount Menegalapa, like. Don't ask me everything. Way too many days. Yeah. Also, because you guys left for Gen Con, that's why it feels like you guys were in Mount Metagalapa forever to me and Julia. Because technically you were. It's only four sessions. Right, but it's technically five. Yeah. Before, you know, plot got advanced. Yeah. Alright. So, like I said. August 6th, 2017, on a Sunday. This is day four in Mount Metagalapa. We have the uh, Watherstrut militant family that's interested in working with us, but they're extremely loyal to the queen. So we're going to have to give them a really damn good reason to work against her. So there's lots of conversation about just this whole situation in general and what to do. Wayward and Percy tell us about Onibala and how we need to audit her. And we can't seem to contact Star because, as uh, we mentioned, he's being chased through the jungle because paperwork and whatnot. There's more discussion, still discussing, because I literally wrote that, which means this went on for it, a while. It, yeah, no, it probably went on for about 45 minutes to an hour about how you guys are going to do this. Because 
Like, it sounds a lot better when you're recording it and you're listening back to it, but, like, there's a... Especially when you're dealing with big political things, like, these discussions do make sense. Mm-hmm. But you don't need to get all the fucking details. Yeah, no. You at, least not, the- at least not for the notes that you're going to look back on and didn't think needed the details because, you know, two years ago you weren't going to do a... Fu- uh, two and a half years ago you weren't going to do a podcast looking back on these notes. That's true. I wasn't planning to do that. Alright, so the way this is broken down is into three different groups. Group one, we've got Percival, Behemoth, Steely Dan, and Sergey. They are part of the Onibala Confrontation. Group two, Wayward, Surefire, Talisman, and Diego. They are Queen Distraction. And then group three, Digby and Storm. They are to Contact Seeker. Okay. I forgot about that. I remember it now. I forgot oh, about it. Oh, is this the time when the, I ro- got to roleplay Devin in front of Devin? Yes. And then Sergey walked in while Storm was basically on the phone with her bo- her ex. That was such a weird fucking time in my life. <laughs> where I got to roleplay my friend in front of my friend for my other friend. Yeah. Group one. Percival leads them to Onibala's area where she is expecting them. They see uh, some people prostrating themselves and praying to her. Uh, It's the Valu that are related to her. Percival is just fucking terrible at talking to Onibala. Is absolutely the worst. I cannot stress enough how much of his social skills suck when he's not commanding an army. Yeah, it's true. Well, Onibala ends up mentioning the Fae uh, messing with her... And how she's stuck here, and she doesn't want to get audited. So they start bargaining for the artifacts that she has that were uh, Percival's old incarnations. So they do this long, complicated deal about making her the goddess of weather for Sunshade proper. So now we need to keep slash get uh, Storm to stop trying to contact Seeker to get Onibala uh, audited. Because we've worked out a deal. So now that group has to rush back. To the other group that's trying to contact Seeker. So, we should probably mention what the fuck being audited is and why that's a big fucking deal. Yeah, that might be so, important. So, um, as much as I wanted to save the mystery of Yushan for when <laughs> you guys actually go up there, the problem is is that you guys start dealing with Yushan politics, like, way before you guys actually go up there. That's um, true. I'm just going to flood Volobot. I know. So... All being uh, So basically, sidereals are like heavenly bureaucrats who come into your place of work as a god and go, you're not doing this right, I'm going to audit you. Auditing means that you, you get your, uh, your pay in ambrosia and worship docked. Well, here's the thing. Much like getting your pay docked at work and it meaning that you can't go and buy groceries... Your pay from Yushan in prayer is literally your groceries. Yep. So, like, prayer and everything like that not only buys stuff in Yushan and, like, makes your life better, but is also kind of how you get, like, fed. So, Onibala has been... Technically, she went on vacation to Mount Metagalapa during the Balorian Crusade, which is... When the fair folk came in and uh, fucked up creation. And that's when the mountain, like, rose the fuck up because it activated all of its emergency problems. Makes sense. And now she, and now because, like, she, like, yeah, she's a goddess and she could probably get back to Yushan. But what if she was dead? Huge air quotes. But nobody knew because paperwork is backed up like 2,000 years. Because a shit ton of people died in the plague. So she's still getting paid, but is on vacation. And is also doing a side job as a weather goddess. And getting, like, prayer from an entire nation. You see where she would get audited would be a really bad thing for her. Yeah. No, I totally If I ever ran a Sidereals game, auditing her would be you guys' first mission. Mm -hmm. Uh, So back to group two. All four approach and enter the Queen of Broken Vows uh, chamber. 
uh, to meet with her. Talisman is inspecting the architecture of the room. Wayward mentions wanting to, to play for her. Um, the queen agrees to let them play and uh, wants to look at the instruments. Wayward uh, won't let the queen touch his cello. Um, and the queen suddenly becomes interested in Tally looking at the architecture. <clears throat> Talisman tries to play dumb, but the queen can tell she is basically playing dumb. And uh, she has her arm around Tally's shoulder, and Talisman just eventually rolls out of it. Wait. The queen is entirely built around social. Oh, I know. She is incredibly that's, hard to lie to. That's why she makes a very good, like, mother figure for Storm. Mm-hmm. His Storm was also incredibly social. Um, so that's where she got it from, in my head canon. Uh, Wayward, seeing this weird interaction, uses his wizard eyes to notice that there are marks or some kind of, like, residue on Talisman where the queen mm-hmm. had touched her. Yes. And on, From her what, d- demonic coagitator. Yes. Uh, which I should probably explain what that is because I mentioned it last episode. Do you want me to finish the rest of this and then you can explain it? Yeah, sure thing. Okay. Um, yeah, so Wayward also has some on him. And Storm probably does as well if someone were to look because they had hugged at one point, but haven't gotten there yet. Wayward stops his performance, uh, calls Talisman over, and tries to use spirit-repelling diagram on Talisman and him, and is able to succeed in removing the, air quotes, demon residue. Wayward looks um, at the queen, and they both kind of realize that the other one knows what's going on with that. Mm-hmm. So if you want to talk about that. Okay, so when an Infernal is made, it is given a demonic coagitator, <laughs> which is essentially a demon that is fused to the body and soul of the Exalt. Um, that can be any kind of uh, demon, but usually like it gives off some kind of um, show that this is... This is the devil, this is the literal devil on your shoulder that is whispering into your ear to tell you to do evil things. Because, yeah, they're first circle demons, but first circle demons are related to the second circle demons, which are related to third circle demons. Normally, you get a demonic uh, coagitator who is related to your uh, Yozi. So, in this case... I can't remember the exact name, but basically they're kind of like a, they're like a slime demon. I don't remember off the top um, of my head. So I can't remember exactly what it is, but um, uh, Storm's mom has basically a slime demon coagitator that basically uh, covers her form like a film and is also like a defense mechanism. But they're like, you, I don't think you guys ever got to deal with this, but because it's, like, intelligent and everything and has bonded to her, she can technically be in two places at once. Because the other sense. the other one will take everything but her intimacies with it and, like, go talk to you guys. And it'll try to emulate her, but it won't exactly. But the reason that this is important, obviously, is because, it, like, when her and the coagitator are together, like, she leaves that film. Like, that demonic uh, presence on other people as a sign that, hey, this is a fucking Infernal. Because that's what happens when you exalt as an Infernal. Is I go, hey, what do you... You're an Infernal now. Cool. What's your demonic coagitator? And you go, uh, I guess an Agatha. I'm like, cool. Pick a weird insect feature and that's yours now. Weird. Yeah. Right? Because, I mean, Agatha's are... I don't want wasp features. No you can have pretty wasp wings. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's about as good as you're gonna get. Yeah, that is about as good as you're gonna get. Unless you want a stinger or something weird. I mean, you could also have, like, a crystal body because, uh, the Agata are, like, crystalline wasps. That could be neat. Yeah. So or stinger fist! You could just shoot stingers! Pow, pow, pow! I don't know why that popped in my head. I don't know either. I mean, I was thinking more like... You have your palm, and, like, you can open it up, and, like, a stinger will form out of it, like, because your bone would, like, extend out, and it was the stinger. I'm pretty sure that's <laughs> technically an alchemical charm. Okay, well, I don't know that, so... Maybe. Well, it's not really. <laughs> have you ever seen RoboCop? Forever ago, yeah. 
Do you know that thing where he just has a spike that comes out of his fist? That doesn't ring any bells right now. Okay, that happens in RoboCop. I swear to God that happens in RoboCop. But that is totally a, uh... That's totally an alchemical charm. Got that's it. the personality overriding spike. Oh, that makes sense. Okay. Um, so group three, which was Digby and Storm. Digby sets up a connection by digging his clawed hand into um, his arm or Storm's arm. I'm not sure. It just says into the arm. Because mm-hmm. uh, he needs blood. Because so. Digby's a necromancer. Mm-hmm. So, um... We end up contacting Seeker, and Storm talks to him, and finds out there is a corrupt sensor in the West, and, uh, can you pronounce that for me? Mal- Malmarus? Can- wait, where? Malmarus? Filing cabinet? Mount Maru? Malmarus? No, that- yeah, but Malmarus? Filing cabinet. Mentions Amar's name... Yeah, no, it's literally just this. Yeah, this is separate. I, yeah, no, but I'm I'm looking at this, and I'm I'm not sure if you didn't mean to type Mount Maru. I don't know because that's the only thing I could think of that looks like that. I don't know. Uh, something with a filing cabinet, and then um, and he then... probably like smashed his fist into a filing cabinet because he's up in heaven at this point. Yeah, I don't know. Um... And then Amar's name gets mentioned while he's talking to someone passing by. And that perks up Storm's interest because Amar is the name of one of her brothers. So she talks to Seekers like, yo, what? Ends up finding out that her brother Amar is a sidereal. Uh, so in order, it's Storm is the oldest, Diam is the oldest brother, and you've got Vida, Amar, and then Sesta. So, uh, she finds out that Amar's a sidereal, uh, Sesta's a lunar, Vida's an exigent, and that Dion can't be found. So that's, uh, where she has the first tidbit of, like, oh shit, my family is full of exalts. What and none of the them are dragon-blooded! fuck is going on here? And that's actually, uh, the end of that session. Is that really? Yeah. Holy shit, that that was a fairly short session. It very much so was. So that's, uh, this is where we have the time skip, uh, and you guys do crazy bullshit. All right, so, Sunday, August the whatever the fuck, I don't even remember. We don't have notes for this, I'm just going off off the top of my head. So... Christina and Devin are at Gen Con. Which is great. Which is fantastic for you guys. Um, I, on the other hand, cannot finish this storyline without you. So, what we decide to run instead is a... um, What happened in some of the random downtime adventures that the group had. It starts off with everybody else in Sunshade just kind of hanging out. Uh, Storm and Behemoth, uh, well, Storm's doing paperwork for her spy network, and Behemoth is off behemothing. Not exactly sure what the fuck he did besides punch things real good, but he did it really good! The rest of the group, on the other hand, gets together and... uh, Decides to go on an adventure? They do not decide to go on an adventure. They just kind of decide to go (laughs) hang out. Um, and figure out exactly what they're going to do. And in doing this, they hear the telltale sign <laughs> of a bard in trouble. Oh, no. As a man comes running out of the woods yelling, Help me! Help me! They're gonna catch me! They're gonna catch me! And so he's the gingerbread man. Yeah, something like that. And the group goes, Oh no, who's gonna catch you? Who's gonna... Like, they're basically like... Hey, what's going on? Who? What's this? What's this all about? Keep in mind, this is me, Julia, uh, John, and Craig all together. So, like, the three wackiest players and myself. This is gonna get fucking weird. Um, and then a animated in, like, a house with giant like shingles and like wooden beams for arms and legs comes barreling out of the. Uh, out of out of the fort, out of the tree line, yelling, "Marry my daughter!" 
and this guy ha- and basically what happens is they sit the they sit they stop the inn in its tracks with combat prowess and then sit down to figure out exactly what had happened. Well, the bard had gone into this random inn on his tired way through the road and seduced the daughter of this inn. Well, literally, like bards do. Like bards do. This is just a thing that happens when you invite a bard in. Do you have a daughter? Yes, she's getting seduced. It just happens. Well, here and in the exalted world, what the bard didn't know is that. The daughter was a ghost, which, as we've established, ghosts can have sex with the living. Yep. Also, the inn was haunted. Not just by her, but also by by the uh, the ghosts of her family, which then got together and possessed the entire building of the inn, and then chased the bard until he came to Sunshade. I've seen the picture that Julia drew. It was magical. It just, it just says, marry my daughter with a thing that says no vacancy on it. Yeah. It's fucking magical. Basically, they convinced the inn to not murder this guy, but they also convinced this guy, dude, it looks like you're going to have to live in sunshade in this inn and be the new inn proprietor with your new ghost wife. And that's basically the end of that um, little adventure. They then decide, hey, you know what would be great? Because it's a full moon out. Summon a second circle demon. Because you can only do that on a full moon. So guess who should, So guess who they fucking summon? I don't even want to know. Seagrith. The player oh. of games. Oh, okay. That's not that bad. So, they summon up Seagrith, the player of games. At which point they uh, are like, Well, you know, we really want to spread our legends of like Storm and uh, Behemoth oh, and everyone else. I remember else. this now. I remember you telling me about this now. So Seeger is like... Or Seagrith, not Seeker. Seagrith is like, okay, but we're going to have to do some playtesting first. So basically they come up over the course of a few weeks with a game that resembles both deck building games, but also D&D. And also like a board game with Seagrith running it. And basically it turns into... It turns into someone rolled super well and accidentally saw the Unconquered Sun's character sheet, which they then put down and went, we can never tell anyone else about the stats that we saw. Jeez. But then they used it at some point during this game and uh, defeated Seagrith. And, and because they defeated him, they were like, okay, I will start spreading this game that basically... You guys are the best deck in to the realm. So, like, if you guys had kind of really focused, if you guys had ever focused on, like, realm stuff, your name would have held either, like, really big deal to, like, some people who are, like, fans of the game, or you would have been, like, basically it's like, hey, do those kids like D&D? You're their heroes. Hey, are those the parents that don't like the D&D? They hate you. And it would have, like, kind of been kind of fucking wacky, like, almost satanic panic, like... But who wants to fuck with the realm? Nobody but who wants to fuck realm. with the realm? You guys didn't want to fuck with... You guys didn't want to fuck with the realm until you were absolutely certain you wanted to fuck with the realm. It's true, though. Like, I mean, and which makes sense. You don't want to fuck with the realm until you're absolutely certain that you don't want to... F- that you want to fuck with the realm. But I had put that little thing in there... For if you guys decided to fuck with the realm before the uh, before stuff went to shit. That's fair. So anyway, so yeah, so that was that wacky session in a, like, 15-minute nutshell. So, uh, you want to know what's great? Huh? This one's day five. We're still on days. Holy shit. <laughs> for some fucking reason. Why? So the next session starts off on a Sunday like they do. This one's September 3rd, 2017. Day 5. For some reason, I have Oasis of Broken Vows written there. Um, I'm not sure why, but that's written there. I think that's actually her name. And because she's name. from Cecilene. Yeah, fuck Cecilene. Um, we noticed that Diego and Damien are missing. So, that's interesting. Wayward shows um, Storm 
that uh, she and anyone uh, who has interacted with uh, the queen and has been touched has the essence on them. So um, she knows, like, what we know and what we've done, or that was the theory anyways, Mm -hmm. was if she had her essence on someone, then anything they had done that she would know about. Yep. Whether that was accurate or not, I don't know. But it was a pretty good hunch, I assume. No, absolutely not. She just left slime trails on you all. Um, because that was her demonic coagitator, was a yeah. slime girl. Well, we, like, we're paranoid fucking people, so... Yeah, you fucking are! Can you blame us, though? Yes! Why? Your solars, just roll with it! So we use, uh... Because you all took what was supposed to be one session, and then you get a free, cool new ally, and turn it into four sessions of... We don't want this shit. We're going to fix this shit. We're going to dethrone this bitch. So. Go on. We use a. To be fair. We got a better thing out of this. Than an ally. Did you? Because all that I'm thinking of in my head is three pages of backstory. Because of this ally. Look, all I'm saying is we got. I'm just now realizing that you all, at some point, pulled a, pulled a, uh, this much backstory. I'm still not. I'm. You're still salty, are you? Yeah, I'm still fucking salty. <laughs> Every single one of you, in some way, has done this to me. <laughs> Devin just has one page because he had three characters throughout the whole game. Did he really? Yeah. Fuck, you right, he did. Yeah, he had one page for each character, though. Yeah. We end up using Wayward's Green Moss to track down Diego and uh, Dayman. Sunflower, Wayward, and Storm go after Dayman, so they go up the mountain. Uh, we'll get to that later. Princess, Percival, Talisman, and Behemoth go after Diego. They go through the town. They end up finding Diego having a drink in a bar, and uh, he said he had told them he was getting a drink. I guess nobody remembered or something like that. Um, I think that it was when the, uh, the the Steely Dan bullshit was going around. He probably went, fuck this, I'm getting a drink. I don't know. So the Sunflower, Wayward, and Storm group go all the way to the top of the mountain and find Rage of Birdman and Damon actively fighting, like for real, for real. Uh, and Birdman is down to Sergei size now, which is still big, but it's not he like... He still has the giant merit for that extra health level. But uh, it's not like his original bigness. He's not like he took the giant merit 17 times for 17 extra minus zero health levels. Or whatever. Uh, so Storm, just tired of this bullshit, goes and stealths in. And she basically intercepts and parries their blows with her weapon. Uh, while Wayward uses his mandala to cleanse the gunk off of a Seiyu, Who then seems fine... And then we head back to the boat. And that was part of why we thought, like, the gunk was also evil. Mm-hmm. Was because, like, we cleansed it off of him and he was fine afterwards. So, like... No, he was just helping fight! Well, yeah, we didn't know at the time. Like I said, weird shit happens. Um, so we all meet back up on the boat, and we realize Cecilyne is using essence from the queen touching to control people. Like I said, we weren't, we didn't fucking know. Uh, like with the Seiyu. So the queen is... Oh, you know what? Maybe she has been controlling people. Yeah. So the queen is not, uh, breaching her contract or oath as a result. You know what? I think that this was one of those, like... I think that this was one of those instances of the players came up with a better plot, so I rolled with it. That might be it. I don't know. I was just like, oh yeah, she has a slimy demonic coagitator, so if she touches people, like... The slime gets on them. And then you guys are like, no, she's fucking controlling people with this. And I'm like, you know what? They already want her to be the bad guy. So you know what? This is a way better plot. (laughs) We're awful and great all at the same time. Yeah, well, I mean, sometimes you just got to roll with what the fucking players wanted. Yeah, exactly. Um, So there's lots of debate on how to deal with the queen and the consensus seems to be to dethrone, kill, or defeat her, etc., etc. Mm-hmm. So, Storm is all for uh, not being involved in murdering her mom, as much as she's not a huge fan of her. Right yeah, now. I think that you might have had some kind of intimacy against that. 
No. I had no intimacies of Storm towards either one of my parents. It was towards my siblings. I think you had something about family, though. It was siblings. Was it? Specifically siblings. Mm. Because as far as Storm knew, her parents were dead. So her Well, the way that you role-played it, I probably would have given you, like, a family. Like, a a specific family one. Because, like... Her being against it like that, yeah, no, she probably had her. It. She didn't want to kill her mom, was her thing, but she didn't mind dethroning or like taking her down a peck. She just didn't want to murder her. Right, but the rest of the group wanted to murder her. Well, no, they just wanted to dethrone, kill, or defeat her. Like those were the options. But uh, looking back on it, I probably should have GM at, uh, made a call of like. I don't want to hurt my parents. Eh. I mean, she didn't know they were alive. That's why it was never an intimacy. Yeah, right. But but intimacies can be GM oh, added I know. in. I know. I should have, like, looking back on it, I should have just been like, I don't know where this is going to go. I should just be like, Christina, take this. <laughs> well, so Take this, just trust me. So Sergey uh, pipes up and says that he won't be involved if Storm's not involved. So they go off and have a conversation about the whole situation. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, a teleportion thing, a teleportion, teleportion. A teleportation. Teleportion. (laughs) A teleportation circle. A teleportation circle opens and this like jabbering man comes through and he's just cursing and flicking off the sun. And uh, we come to find out that his name is uh, Geraldo of the Riviera and he's a nightcast and he's very good at larceny and stealing. So, um... It, it's technically uh, Geraldo R- Rivera. Oh, because, I have Geraldo written. So, this is Jake's new character who used to play Glory in the Southern game. Yep. Jake's uh, schedule got changed up so that he could play with us at the time. Um, and the Southern game had kind of died off by this point. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't want to just bring Glory up because that fell weird and he would basically be vying for control because glory was a leader kind mm-hmm. of character um the other thing is is that uh to note in here uh as you'll probably notice uh after listening to jake in other podcast materials jake is notoriously bad at um character names yeah um Jake's names that he has made for games in the time that we have roleplayed with him include, but are not limited to, Sigmund in the Mage game. Yep. His most original name, which is Kresimir. Yep. Um, Caius in one of my Pathfinder games. Mm-hmm. Gaius in another Pathfinder game. Jeez. Um... I think he had some kind of Roman emperor name in uh, in Julia's Web of Elders game. Father Murphy in Julia's Hunter game. My second Hunter game. Her second Hunter game. Um, <laughs> and then in the first game that I ever ran with Jake in it, Jake couldn't come up with a character name for Isn't his... Isn't that Ravnos 2? Yes. Then? Could not come up with a character name for his Ravnos vampire game in my Las Vegas vampire... Uh, my Las Vegas World of Darkness game. Presented himself to the prince of the city. Jason, our buddy, was already playing a Ravnos. I was like, what's your name, buddy? And Jake was like, I don't know. This is my first time meeting him. And I just go, the prince says your name is Ravnos 2. Because you're the second Ravnos in the city. So Jake's like, cool, I'm going to write that down as my name. I am now Ravnos 2. Right. Jake has terrible luck. Or terrible, does not have the ability to name a fucking character. Horatio Kensington? Horatio Kensington is based off of something from him and his college friends. Roldo Riviera is based off of Geraldo Riviera, the fucking news anchor or whatever, or the news reporter. Like, Jake... Father Murphy was, he couldn't come up with a name, and he looked at my dog and said, well, I'm playing a zealous Catholic priest, which it dawns on me, by the way, that my werewolf game is the second campaign that we've run in Vegas for World of Darkness. Mm-hmm. 
I forgot that game took place in Vegas. Yeah. yeah. Hi, by the way, Julia's, Julia's home for Julia's work. Julia's home. Uh, yeah, no, we just finished talking, uh, maybe a couple minutes before you got home, about the uh, Marry My Daughter episode. Oh my god. Oh my fucking god. The Noodle Incident episode. Oh god. Did you tell Christina the rest of what happened during yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, about the Young Conquered Sons character sheet and the... Uh... Did we tell you about that beforehand? Yeah. Okay. I already knew the whole story. Because I thought we were never going to tell you or Devin about it. No. no one told anything about it in character, but out of character, you guys can't keep your mouth shut. It's true. Yeah. So. Marry my daughter! <laughs> yeah, that was, that was the voice. Alright, so, Raldo comes in, flipping off the Unconquered Sun. Yep. Welcome, Raldo. That's, Welcome, that's a, Raldo. That's about the extent of that. That It's Jake in, in uh, injecting chaos into our game. Not that we needed any more chaos, but oh boy, does this Jake, help. So when Jake interjects chaos into games, it's not mean. it might be meaningless, but it's never bad chaos. Jake is really good at a specific type of chaos that is fun for just about everyone involved. I can agree with that, yeah. Whereas some people's form of chaos is just so fucking stressful that nobody wants to be around it. Okay. That's yeah. not Jake. You're right. Okay. Side note, I have my mom and dad's uh, name on here. My mom was uh, Jigoku and my dad was uh, Shinjiro. Yep. Which I feel like are references to something, I'm sure. Um... I believe that I can look it up, but I think that their names are actual like either Japanese or Chinese names that are like something that relates to what they end up exalting yeah. as. I was just saying because I didn't name my parents because I didn't think it was going to be important. I just named my siblings and me. Nope. Because all my siblings' names mean things in other languages that relate. Yeah, to them. yeah. I think I think that that's what I did is I, I is I named them in a different language from each other. That relate to them. Yeah, like Diam, Sesta, Vita, and um, uh, Amar all mean things in different languages. So mm -hmm. it's not yep. the same one. Alright, well, so back to this. Surefire's idea, since we're talking about how to deal with Storm's mom, was to say that Storm is a princess uh, to everyone around here and use that to sway people to our side and then tell uh, the queen to surrender, basically. Which worked because men didn't have to murder her um but she's definitely dethroned at that point we end up planning stuff and things and then uh i have plans and stuff and things dot 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 of crazy bs dot 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 mm -hmm. so makes sense yep so surefire raldo and steely dan go to be shady and ransack the palace uh, while everyone else is gathering support by doing basically this performance on a float and saying that Storm is a look shy and princess. Um, and then everyone is like on or in the float hiding or just whatever in some capacity at this point. Like I think we had Behemoth yeah, inside the made, float. I remember you guys made a big fucking deal about the parade that you guys yeah. were going to put on. And I just kind of went... Okay, I guess we can take a moment to have a Macy's Day float parade, but well, the whole thing I is I got to do all the crafting and get more points for my crafting. Oh right, that's why we did the float. Yeah, because it was basically a big fanfare, being like, "She's a princess, blah, worship her, not her mom." And I'm and just the, like, and the actual uh, game using reason for it was getting crafting XP. Yeah, which is. Interesting, because Storm's very much like, please don't pay attention to me. It makes my job harder. So this whole thing was just very out of her comfort zone. I feel like I should have given you more intimacies. That, <laughs> that made, I had... You were the one person I would have had a limit break. Bullshit. Yeah. I was up to... Okay, well listen here, you. You limit broke on your own. Like, I had seven points by the end of the game. Okay, you might have got you might have had seven points by the end of the game, but you didn't almost incur limit because you had to tell someone politely, "No, thank you, I would not like tea." I don't remember that. You all, I had the weirdest intimacies. I also need to like start like keeping 
What I need to do if I ever run Exalted Third again is I'm going to just keep all the character sheets here so I can actually go over people's intimacies and be like, this needs to go down. I'll mark this on the character sheet. This needs to go down. This needs to go up. You all really like, like just really like be like, oh, you know what? Maybe they should develop a minor intimacy of this because they're acting like this. Mm-hmm. Because that's what it's meant to do, but that's such, like, micromanaged stuff that, like, it becomes really hard if you don't have everyone's character sheet, Here's which is a really hard thing to do. Here's an when... idea. Get a GM screen. Number one. You have a nice exalted GM screen. I don't know where the hell it is. It's on the shelf somewhere. Number it? two. You have a list that you can either keep on your computer and type up. But every time someone adjusts or changes their intimacies, you update that list. Okay. That way people still have their character sheets. They can take them with them. They can work on them at home. But you always have a copy of their intimacies. Okay. And then based off of uh, other things that they do, I can add new things. Okay, yeah, that, that sounds good. So anyway, let's get back to this so we can finish up the saga of Mount Matagalapa. So Wayward does a performance and sways all of uh, Mount Metagalapa, which is about 40,000 people, to join behind our cause and dethrone the queen. Uh, we get to the doors, and Storm calls her out by her full actual name, which is why the name was actually relevant. Right. Um, and she ends up coming out. Storm asks her to step down, and she does, because she doesn't want to fight Storm. And then uh, shit kind of goes sideways, and people go flying because of springboards and rockets in the float. Because everybody was planning for her not to gracefully step down. Oh, yeah. And get springboarded yeah. and, and then, rocketed out to attack her. That's right. Then there was thunderclap rush attacks, and there was multiple just... Uh-huh. Yep. 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 It was a shit show. Orchestrated by show. the PCs. It was a shit show. Orchestrated by the PCs. Because no one expected her to just be like, Hey, I want to be your ally. I'm a character who the GM has specifically made to be your ally. Can I please be your ally? Shouldn't have made her an infernal. I thought it would have been funny because you guys already liked fucking abyssals anyway. Some abyssals. For the record, you guys liked my abyssals. Uh, I liked ghost. Ghost was one of my abyssals. Ghost was... No, ghost was her abyssal. From the circle... I always refer to them as my abyssals because I... Ghost was introduced before your... The circle was? Yeah, before that circle was. But Ghost was part of that circle. Ghost was part of that circle. Because that circle is supposed... Because Ghost, author, will, voice, and surgeon... Yeah. ...are all the Mask of Winters, who was supposed to be the gray abyssals. If you recall, though, like, you liked the circle that I was like, no, no, guys, I vouch for them. No, the whole group was like, that's why I thought that introducing a Infernal who was not about Infernal stuff would have gone over well for you, which is why I wrote Metagalapa as a half a session thing. It's been four (laughs) sessions because nobody trusted the NPC who came up to you all and went, hi guys, I'm Storm's mom and I'm here to help you. I'm an Infernal, but I want to help you. <laughs> Alright, everybody listening, how likely are you to trust that shit? Your mom's been dead for ten years, hasn't gotten in touch with you at all, you had to raise uh, four siblings on your own, how likely are you to trust that shit? Right into us at a pair of dice lost that, 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 a pair of dice lost at gmail.com and tell us how likely you are to trust that shit. Because Storm paranoid as fuck and she's not going to trust that. Uh, you can also send me messages at GM Crow about things you would much rather trust b- other than that. I will be happy to have that dialogue with people. That's like a freaking. there's a sign in front of a pit that says, this is clearly not a trap. Yeah. That's exactly what yeah, you did to yeah, us. Yeah, that's basically what I did, except it wasn't a trap. That character would have actually been you all's ally. The character who is a trap is going after Storm's dad who's an abyssal named the butcher of the hundred kingdoms and you know what knowing this group you all would have tried to redeem him yeah 
and he's an irredeemable murderer. Nah, right now, at this, at that point, Storm was just like, "Fuck both my parents." That that character, if you all had run into him before Storm's mom, that character versus that character, if you are familiar with the reference, is the Mountain from Game of Thrones. Oh, uh, okay. He is, as an abyssal, he's not a good person. Iron Seven Despairs has fucked with him hard. Like, he has had ten years of just physical, mental, and emotional abuse from Iron Seven Despairs. Whereas, fucking Plague of Trust gets away with, I hate Seeker. You guys, and knowing this group, you all would have been like, but he's such a broken puppy. No. We're going to redeem No, him. like I said, Storm was very much on, my parents are dead, fuck them. I I can believe that, and I feel like that maybe I should have pushed harder for uh, them being background forces, or at least your mom being a background force who, like, if I'd been like, she came here a year ago, it would have been like, oh, she's she was exalting as an infernal for the last nine years. It sucks, but it happens. But because I literally said ten years ago as a misspeak... Like, it kind of fucked me over. Because Storm was just like, alright, well, you've been here for ten years, what the fuck? Yeah, right? And, like, I could have fixed it, but I didn't. So, let's... Get off this tangent. Get off this tangent. Fireworks are exploding. So, Storm gracefully gets off before her stuff launches her. Wayward, unfortunately, gets rocketed into the air. Sergei, Behemoth, and Percy get uh, launched towards the Queen... And uh, Behemoth tends to grapple Mommy Dearest and definitely succeeds at doing it because she didn't put up a fight. Uh, she lets her, she lets us take her without any problems, and we set her up in a secure place on a Wayward's boat while we just kind of set up in sort of, uh, you know, a nice uh, government ruling system in Mount Metagalapa. Uh, now that we uh, got rid of their leader, you know what we never mentioned? What? The fucking name of the city that you all were in in Matagalapa. <laughs> Tushy Pal? Yeah, yeah, I mentioned it like five times already. You have not mentioned Tushy Pal at yes, all. Yes, I have. How much have you been drinking? I've mentioned it in previous stuff and I've mentioned record. it in here. Brendan, how many beers deep are you right now? Like five. Okay. So your short-term memory is not that great. Yeah, but anytime the Tushy Pal gets brought up, <laughs> you know <laughs> what I bring up. Is that is its given? Yeah, literally. That is its Christian given name. It's written right here with, with tally fire. You know what? I'm gonna go over this tonight, and we're gonna find out. I've also mentioned it in previous episodes too. Okay, well, fair, but uh, uh, park boat on lake and get escorted to Trishy Powell to meet the queen. Okay. You know what? I'm gonna listen to this tonight, and we're gonna find out. All right, that's fine. Tell us in the comments below. <laughs> How many times do you hear Christina say the word? Tushy pal by the end of this episode. It's probably not, like, a lot, a lot in this episode, but, like, I've mentioned it before in relation to the fact that it's our, it's its Christian name. We've made that joke at least <laughs> once or twice. I know, I know, I know. So. If we ever do shit. merchandise... Shit, are you kidding me? We've made that joke in fucking Iron Kingdoms. Okay, yeah. so for the record, if we ever do merchandise, that needs to be something... It just says Tushy Pal. Listen here, that is its Christian name. That is its given Christian name. <laughs> So, we are able to leave Mount Metagalapa with uh, Storm's mom, and we take her back to Sunshade. When we go to put her in the Heresy Vault, which is made of that anti-essence chamber, by the way, the door we took mm -hmm. in, for, I don't know if we did mention it, this one or not, but that anti, did. yeah, the anti-essence door that we took off of when we went to the VATS facility, we made it into a Heresy Chamber. This is another instance of, hey, I accidentally mentioned something, and I think this was the episode when Nathan was here. I accidentally mentioned a thing, and then the players decided to roll with it. Yep. Yeah. That was a mistake of mine. So we have a heresy vault made out of the anti-essence chamber. So when we put her in there, her body turns into sand. Yep, and then she dead. And so Storm just says nothing and walks off. And um, I should have just been like, take a limit. Your mom just died in front of your in front of your eyes. And uh, so Storm walks off and heads to look shy, unbeknownst to the rest of the group. But I mean, they have guessed that that's probably where she went. But she just went there. And Sergei, unsurprisingly, ends up following her. Uh, Doof ends up trying to look for Storm and does not succeed in finding her. 
so the rest well, of the... just a big dumb cat. That's like, you know, your cat trying to look for you out in the woods, but get dis- gets distracted by like, oh, look, there's a bird. Oh, look, there's catnip. Oh, my God, I found yeah. a leaf. I mean, I'm just reading what I wrote, so... So, uh, the rest of the group is doing stuff with the sand and the spirit and whatever. It's just weirdness. It's fine. Um, tells me, I think, turned the sand into a pendant. She, mm-hmm. like, fired it into glass for you. Yeah, she, you made it into... A blue, uh, st- a blue uh, stone or something. So it was some kind of something. I think it was maybe, like, a sun pendant or something yeah. like that. I don't remember exactly what it was. But you made it into something. Uh, and then Behemoth, unbeknownst to the rest of the group, ends up taking her soul or spirit for himself to do things with. Mm-hmm. Because, you know... That's what Devin does. Yeah. He, well, so he wanted to use that to trade with Mara. That's literally in the rest of the, oh, next is of that? the notes. Yep. Okay. Uh, so Behemoth summons Mara um, on his own with no, without anybody else around and bargains with uh, Storm's mom's soul for the those 30 souls to make the deal with Mara. And Mara's happy to now uh, have one of Cecilene's people because um, that gets to go to the Ebon Dragon. Yep. Basically, they traded uh, uh, because Mara is uh, a second circle soul uh, of the of uh, the Ebon Dragon. Uh, Mara mm-hmm. went like, oh, Cool, I now have one of Cecilene's Infernal, so we're going to repurpose that towards the Ebon Dragon. And that yeah. was the, and basically, the like, plot that's, hook of it. That soul was worth the 30 that he needed to start mm-hmm. his, uh, his quest on. It was worth way more than that, at but... least At least his 30. So, But he didn't know how to bargain with it mm-hmm. properly. Um, and, oh, hey, I actually have it written down. Talisman made a necklace of snakes and wolves with a heart in the center from the stand from... Uh, Storm's mom infused it with magical material so it's indestructible, and she also put uh, an apology note with it. So Sorry, did, we killed your mom because I was the one that was like, "We shouldn't kill her outright. We need to put her somewhere where we can contain her." And I had forgotten. I didn't want to put her up in the prison above the town mm-hmm. because I remember there being something weird about it. Like, yeah, well, it was Gremlins and it was the Greenlight District and yeah, the, like I didn't want to do that. Stuff. So I thought the safest place was this, and you, you trusted me on that, and we put her in there under that assumption. And well, because it's an essence dampening room, and her demonic coagitator is made of nothing but essence, and an infernal can't exist without the demonic coagitator. I didn't know this. I, I mean, you no, could not. I did mm-hmm. add a character. Nobody in character no, did. You didn't. Oh yeah, that's right. Because I was really mad at you. Because. No, you also don't like Infernals. Yeah. Because I don't like Infernals. Because the Infernal actual lore in the fucking second edition core is like, I don't, as a GM, I don't want to deal with this. This is too fucking rapey. Infernals aren't good people, if you haven't figured Infernals out aren't good people. And, like, anytime that someone's like, oh yeah, how do Infernals exalt? I'm just like, they just Infernal exalt and they don't do whatever the fuck it says in 2nd edition because that shit is dumb and I don't like it. So, can I segue real quick? It'll take me 30 seconds. I always describe Abyssals as kind of like lawful evil, mm-hmm. whereas Infernals are just straight chaotic evil. They are straight chaotic evil because they're, but they're chaotic evil for a reason, and it also depends on the infernal. Because like, if you're dealing with like the Ebon Dragon, but in general, but in general, in the most generalized terms, yes and no. I see them as like, I see abyssals as devils. Okay. And infernals as demons. You've actually got it in reverse. So the Infernals are the devils. They are the rulers of hell. They have laws that they have to follow. That's why you summon Neoma. That's why you summon blood apes. You don't summon ghosts. That makes more sense. Ghosts aren't bound to that kind of shit. You know what? You know what the Yozi want? They want to go back to ruling creation under their rule. They want to have their laws back in back instated on creation. You know what the Neverborn want? The guys who are in charge of the Abyssals? The end of the world. The end of the fucking world. Huh. I always thought it was backwards. No, it's the other way. The problem is, is that the, the fluff, the leaders of those are reversed, 
but the exalted of them are it depends on what fucking dude that you're running for so like in the case of the abyssals oh hey are you the abyssals that follow the first and forsaken lion you are all about war that is your fucking law are you the abyssals that follow uh the mask of winters you are about debauchery no you are you are sneaky you are about doing like kind of figuring stuff out and furthering the mask of winter's goal and the mask of winter's doesn't give a shit about the neverborn whereas the first of forsaken line is literally sauron bound to his armor by fucking the dark curse by the dark curse and the giant fucking void lords like He's got to deal with their bullshit. So we're going to get back on topic, but if you guys would like us to do an episode where we debate this, hit us up. Let us know. We de- I feel like Brendan and I could argue this for a while. Where's the Yozy? Going back to... Give me just a second. Oh my god. If I'm going to if I'm going to get into this, then we're going to fucking get into this. Also, I have like five minutes of Christina coughing to edit out anyway. So... Yozy, on the other hand, you have things like she who lives in her name, who is all about law, who is all about order and making sure that things stay in their place. They're at that most rigid thing. But then you've got things like the Ebon Dragon, who is literally defined by being the shadow of the sun and any light that it touches. He is literally the betrayer. So in a way... He will always betray whatever your expectations of him is. So yeah, he's chaotic, but he's like a lawful chaotic because it, he's always going to betray. Is it weird that I always had him mixed in my mind with the giant snake from Norse mythology? Very similar, I think. Okay. Yeah. And I'm the worst person ever because I can never pronounce the name. It's the, like uh, your monger. Yeah. Yeah. So back to the campaign, Christina. Sorry. I think that was the end of the day, no. wasn't it? No. Okay, so what's... So we end up discussing what we're... Well, they end up discussing what they're doing next, and they talk about going to look shy. Uh, they sent an infallible messenger to Storm and Sergey, but neither one of them answer. Surprise, surprise. Well, neither of you are <coughs> fucking uh, sorcerers, so you can't answer. Uh, I don't know if an infallible messenger lets you, you answer back or not. You can't. Okay. You just received the message. You just received the message. It's like you get a dream message. It's like, hey, where are you guys? And everyone's like, why aren't they answering back? It's like, oh, right. That's the one part of our group that isn't a sorcerer. Yep. Neither one of us have the sorcerer you were. bullshit. You had to be for crafting. If you're not for crafting, you, you're fucked. Yeah, it was literally like Percival and Storm were the only ones that didn't have sorcery. Uh, so Behemoth ends up gathering the rest of the circle and the new guy. To talk about how uh, a curse was put on him by his former master. Insert the deal that he made there. Uh, He talks about how he was approached by a woman, not mortal. Um, They had fun, and they made a deal to bring Mara 30 souls, and she lifts the curse. Oh shit, this actually got mentioned. Holy fuck. Yeah. Uh, He admits he took the soul of the Infernal and gave it to Mara. Percy says he is glad uh, Storm wasn't here for that meeting. Uh... They agree that someone has to tell Storm what happened, and Behemoth says he'll uh, tell Storm what he did. And they ask if there are any other complications they need to know about, which nothing's listed on here. So Because uh, Behemoth doesn't know what the next part of his uh, yeah, journey is. Yeah, he's not is. aware yet. Um, and then, here we go. As a side note, Steely Dan went off uh, when we went down towards the Riverlands before. So. Mm-hmm. That's where Steely Dan left because we got Raldo instead. Right, who's a larceny supernal. Like, you guys were going to have Steely Dan, the exigent of thievery, to kind of help you guys with those weird moments where that was necessary. But since you guys got Raldo, um, he's he becomes completely unnecessary. Yeah. So it's kind of like... Because that was the one thing I didn't really go into with Nightcast was all the larceny stuff. I had like a couple little things, but that was about it. You guys it. managed yeah, to... But, but Jake have... was hard larceny. Yeah. It was interesting to see that we had two Nightcasts in the group that exoni- personified both sides of it. Mm-hmm. And it was really good because that meant neither of you stepped on each other's toes. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, and, and then we worked so good together too. Right, which shows up a little bit later. Yeah. 
anyway, so that was episode 11 for Let the Good Dice Roll. Um, just, uh, as always, remember to like, share, subscribe, leave a comment for us. And download! If, and download it. Um, if you guys are listening to us on iTunes, please uh, rate us and leave a review. We always appreciate Send us that. questions. Send us questions to... Uh, Pair, a pair of dice lost at gmail.com if you want me and julia to have an argument about which is better abyssals or infernals we can totally have that on uh on mike i mean i'll sit in uh referee you, yeah that's the word i was looking um, for you can also send me questions at gm crow on twitter gm, GM crow, crow one. one that is the numerical number one um i'm actually active again so please 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 don't hesitate to hit me up um, so the next episode that you guys should be hearing, I believe that I might have mentioned this earlier, but the next episode that you all should be hearing is actually going to be the werewolf uh, behind the scenes, which yes, is going to be me talking that. about uh, Julia, uh, me talking to Julia about her experience running uh, the first season of Werewolf Viva Las Vegas. Um, the guys, following week, I can't tell you how excited I am for season two. The following week is going to be episode 11 of Mage, so I'm not stressing myself to death doing editing. And then the following week after that is going to be the first episode of our Iron Kingdoms game. Or hopefully, we could also do something where we talk to you about running Mage like you did for Werewolf. Yeah, we could do in the behind the scenes on Mage. Uh, so uh, behind the scenes on Mage, I would like to do once that the Mage is actually concluded. Mm-hmm. We only did the one on Werewolf because I was I because there's going to be there's going to be so uh, just a little behind the scenes uh, little thing here. Uh, There's a noticeable there's going to be a noticeable uh, gap between Werewolf episodes coming up. Whereas can I can I jump in? So the reason there's going to be a noticeable gap, and we cover this a bit in the next uh, in the behind the scenes episode, is uh, Werewolf will not be run again until, at minimum, July, at the earliest. Um, which means that you guys are probably going to have to wait until next fall for uh, Werewolf to continue. And I am sorry about... Well, um, if when the, you start running Werewolf, if you want to take over editing for Werewolf, we can totally add another game, uh, another... Release day. Another release date to that when it starts coming out. We'll get we'll cross we'll burn that bridge when we get there. Um but yeah, I'm fall content is looking like it's gonna be werewolf because yeah. season two's gonna conclude over the summer and then I won't be running again for a couple of months. Whereas Mage is uh Mage still has probably two or three more episodes to go in it, uh, especially with the added uh behind be, werewolf behind the scenes and uh, Iron Kingdoms. I've I've only got the one more session to get through, but also Mage is going to pick back up in uh, February. Um, for a couple, of, yeah, because uh, the nineteenth is Stormflux, and then we're gonna make people characters, and then the next uh, the the following two weeks is going to be Mage. So yeah, like we got a lot of good stuff coming y'all's way. Uh, thanks for sticking with us with all the gaps. Is there anything else we want to announce uh, that might also be coming out? I mean, I don't know when you guys would be releasing my stuff. So. Uh, whenever the fuck that we start your stuff. I mean, the hope was January, but with the holidays, it might be pushed back just a little bit. I mean, we'll see. I mean, if you're gonna do the editing on it, I'm totally cool with releasing your stuff as it comes out. Just teach me how to edit. So. Okay. All yeah. Right. So I yeah. Can do that. Um, have you announced that you're running? Uh, I've mentioned it. Uh, I don't think... I think you mentioned it early, early on. I think in our first question one that you were looking to do it. Yeah. Um, so I'm running a small D&D campaign, 5e. Uh, I just have four players because I have never DM'd before. We're so excited for our baby to take the reins. And, uh, so I'm excited to try and do it. I'm very nervous about it being recorded and posted, but we'll see how it goes. So It'll be fine. You're going to be brilliant. Uh, but that's hopefully going to start up in January, so those will maybe hopefully get posted February, in January or February. Maybe February. Yeah, it kind of depends. I guess, tell you what, so it'll probably be how quickly that we get through Iron Kingdom's content or how quickly we get through Mage content. That's fair. Like, if, if your stuff starts in January... We can, we can talk about this off camera. 
We can talk about all this all, all, all for We quick. really appreciate you guys listening to all of our stuff. Seriously, we couldn't do this without uh, our loyal fans. Um, like we said before, um, if you're listening to us on iTunes, leave us a review, give us a rating. It really is going to, it is absolutely vital and is going to help us get out to more ears, which is going to, like really really help us bearing my soul here this is like a dream that brendan and i have had for the last decade is to do something like this whether it was let's plays or table topping um it really does mean so much to our little family like that you guys continue to listen to our stuff so thank you thank you so so much every like every download every subscribe it it really does mean everything to us we're not a big production company so um we kind of like get this really excited, like every every single buzz. time. I, every single time I I check I check it in the morning and I see, oh, you have a new like or you have a new subscriber or there's a huge spike in downloads. Oh my god, I can't explain to you guys how how excited I am to see that kind of stuff. Oh, he was super giddy one day. And he's like, we got thirty downloads. We got thirty downloads, and I was like, oh man, thanks, Anthony. <laughs> All right, so for our Paradise Losses, has been Let the Good Dice Roll. I'm Brendan. I'm Christina. I'm Julia, late as usual. And thank you all for listening, and we hope you have a wonderful week. <laughs>